helping students and healthcare professionals not just survive, but thrive with a purpose. This is the CMDA Student Pulse Podcast with your host, Bill Reichart, National Director of CMDA Campus Ministries. Well, welcome to another episode of CMDA's Student Pulse Podcast. I'm Bill Reichert, National Director of Campus and Community Ministries here at CMDA. And I have with me Erica Brown. Erica, welcome. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Well, we do a lot of different things on this podcast, Erica. We have a lot of different guests who who are um, knowledge experts in this on this subject or another. We also, though, like to have uh, students like yourself share their stories, uh, their journeys of faith, how they got called into medicine, how they got to the medical school or dental school that they are now at and how CMDA has been a part of their journey of faith. So we want to start there. Um, Erica, tell us a little bit about yourself. First of all, your family, you're, you're married, have kids? Yes, I am married. Yeah. I, my husband, Warren, we've been married uh, about 11 years and I have a 10 year old daughter. And so they're here with me in Fort Worth. And I was so thankful that I was able to get into a medical school where we could all stay together. That's great. Well, Suffice it to say, you might, I don't know if this is the right category, but a non-traditional student in that you, this yes. is a second career for you. Uh, you. Yes, it is. You've been doing something before you went to medical school. What was that? I had several jobs. Um, one of the jobs I did is I worked with the military in a special operations space, mm-hmm. and I worked as a patient safety manager. So um, my whole purpose of my job was to just lower um, incidents of patients being harmed just to figure out ways of preventative harm reduction. And so, um, I got that job because my husband was in the air force. And so I wanted to, again, stay close. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's how I got that job. And then another job I had, I actually worked for the centers for disease control and prevention in Atlanta. Um, I did that job while I was getting my master's, uh, public health degree. And um, that job was a little different. I worked in the Rickettsia lab, which is infectious diseases, and I worked with cat fleas. So um, mm. I always joke with, uh, we always joke about it, how I, um, I picked about almost 4,000 fleas <laughs> off of a possum hair. Oh. So yeah, it's <laughs> not glorious, but- Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my. so- yeah, so I've had several jobs. Well, they've been in the sciences. You, you get your uh, public master's of public health. What made you think uh, medical school was in the in your future? What what uh, shaped the calling that you were going to embark in this new journey? Because again, you've got a family. You've got uh, your husband, your daughter. I mean, there's a lot of things to consider, right? Uh, how did you decide that this was uh, the thing that God was calling you to? Yeah, so I, I think I always knew. Um, I know everyone has a story. Like, I wanted to be a doctor since I was seven years old, and I don't really have that story. Uh, it kind of came through a traumatic incident that happened. Um, I'll keep it brief, but okay. I was with my mother in a hair salon, and we ended up getting um, held hostage. And I witnessed mm. several people, um, unfortunately, get shot. Mm. And there was one lady in particular, she was shot in the head, and I call her Miss C, mm. and she survived. So that was when I was seven. And so I couldn't get it out of my mind that someone was shot in their head and they Mm -hmm. survived. Mm -hmm. So that kind of piqued my interest into the human body and medicine and Mm -hmm. these doctors and nurses and, you know, how could they save her? Mm -hmm. And so um, I kept in touch with her. I followed along with her. She's still doing well. 
Um, and so I wanted to know how can you get shot in your head mm -hmm. and the bullet had to remain there because of the location and how could you still survive? So then I started asking questions at my pediatrician. And then when I got old enough, I started volunteering. They called it candy striping back then. Mm -hmm. And um, I started volunteering with nurses. And then I got to see what exactly they did. They called it magic juice that they gave um, Missy huh. to help her, um, her pain medication. Uh -huh. And so that kind of started my journey of this is really cool. Like the brain is connected to the body, the brain controls the legs, the arms, and you know, at seven, mm -hmm. I didn't know anything, but I just knew I wanted to know more um, about how is she able to survive? So I feel like through a traumatic incident, um, God kind of allowed me to use that and pique my interest in science and medicine. But you got your master's in public health. So what was compelling to start this journey with uh, a public health degree? I think what really piqued my interest in that was I wanted to figure out, was medicine a field for me or was infectious diseases and public okay. health a field for me? So then I started talking to some of my mentors and they said, you know, maybe you should look into getting a master's of science in public health. It's a two year degree. Mm -hmm. And then after that, if you still have like this burning desire to go further, um, then go into medicine. So that's what I did. And that's how I got introduced to the program at the CDC. Mm -hmm. And um, I just knew that I needed to be more involved as far as um, in the medical field. I was doing a lot of research and I wanted more hands-on with patients. Um, I wanted to really be the one where they came to, where they told me they had a problem and we worked together mm -hmm. to create a treatment plan. So you were a third year? at TCU. Maybe it's too soon to say, but maybe not. Do you have a sense of mm -hmm. where, uh, what kind of medicine you'll be getting involved in? I've always had an interest in psychology and psychiatry. Okay. So um, that's an interest. I'm also interested in family medicine. Mm -hmm. I've been enjoying my surgery rotation. So okay. I'm kind of still an open book right now, sure. but uh, so we'll see. I have about a year to make a decision before right. I have to apply. Of course. <laughs> that's right. My, uh, Son-in-law is a uh, general surgery resident at Baylor Scott and White down at Temple. Oh, and they came from uh, Tulane where they, he did med school. So I know in this mm -hmm. journey of medicine, there may be some travel yeah. in your future. Um, but I, yet I know that, uh, you know, you, you, you've wanted to stay in the community that you're currently mm -hmm. at. Hopefully maybe you can, or I guess you might be mm -hmm. willing to move, Lord willing, correct? Yeah, correct. Um, we made a decision when we got married before we had our daughter that he knew I wanted to go into medicine and I knew that he didn't want to stay in the military. Mm -hmm. So um, we made the decision that as long as we're together mm -hmm. and God will provide and yeah. that's all we need. We weren't going to be bound by fear of mm -hmm. having to travel. I would love to stay where I am, mm -hmm. but maybe that's not where God wants me. Well, so. well I think <laughs> being open and willing to go where God's leading you is so important and also that you're you've entered into this journey uh, knowing that this is a calling this is where god's placed you so you can put your life yes. in his hands he desires the best for you well let's uh, back up just a little bit talk about you mm -hmm. started tcu did you seek out cmda you've been involved in cmda as a student you yeah. currently are when did that uh, involvement begin um, that began when I first started at TCU. And then just like most medical students, you you get so eager and join all the clubs and then mm -hmm. you kind of overwhelm yourself. But it's our CMA chapter. But um, mm -hmm. yeah. I felt like that was one of the chapters. I was like, I, I have to remain active in that chapter. Mm -hmm. And so while I wasn't able to make every single meeting, I still made it clear that I wanted to be part 
of the chapter. And so uh, what happened was we had done some research and they needed someone to present it. And so um, there was an opportunity. And so myself and a classmate actually volunteered to present the research that um, some of my classmates had done. And I had never been to the uh, NatCon before. And so I was just thinking, I'm going to go there, present my poster and come home. You know, I, I, I was just thinking it was just like another conference or mm-hmm. convention because that's typically what we do, right? We yep. just go there, we meet a few people. We don't, we don't really stay connected like we should. Mm-hmm. And then we do it all again the next year. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was the complete 180 degree difference. Like as soon as I walked in and I went to um, one of the larger sessions mm-hmm. and the worship and the message, I, I literally, I have to be honest with you, I burst into tears and wow. they were happy tears. <laughs> They were because I I literally it was this feeling that came over me. It was the Holy Spirit. And I just felt like I belong. Like I I can't even put it into words fully. Mm. I just knew that this was the place I was supposed to be. And Mm. I knew it was all God. And any any student could have volunteered and got selected. Mm. And just being there in the worship, um, listening to all the messages, connecting with the students, the staff and Mm. all the other physicians there. It was it for me was like, wow, I had no idea that this is, this is what I was going to experience. And it was emotional for me because in medical school, you can often feel secluded because Mm. you spend a lot of times indoors studying. You can't really go to the weddings and the baby showers and see your family like you want to, Mm. like most of the other population Um, on the weekends we're studying this past Labor Day, Mm. you know, studying. So to be amongst people who were of the same mindset Mm -hmm. and who weren't afraid to profess the name of Jesus and to know that there is no separation between what I'm doing and God, like God is the one that got me here. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give him all the glory. So it was just, it was, I I text my husband right away. I could show you this text message. And I said, (laughs) I have met my people. And he's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) That's the phrase I heard uh, that Grant uh, Hewitt, the regional director who, who, who made yeah. mention of, of your story here said that you said, yeah, these are my people. I've always said, oh, you know, conference is okay. I mm. just, and th- I was there for three days and mm. every day I was like, gosh, I don't want it to be over. Mm. Just to see all of the students together talking about Jesus, talking about their practice, talking about their desires and their hopes. It, it just, it really encouraged me to not mm. be afraid to stand alone when I need to but to know that I have this um, tribe mm-hmm. that I can reach out to, it was just phenomenal. And it really mm-hmm. lit a fire in me because I, I have, I told Grant, um, Mr. Hewitt, that like, I was really feeling alone. Mm-hmm. Like I, not that I didn't have friends in med school, not that my professors weren't great. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was an emptiness that I know that only God's people could feel being mm-hmm. around them in the presence of them could feel. Yeah. Well, let, let, let me just uh, put some context around what we're talking about. This was the national convention that we have every year. In this case, you went to the one in Cincinnati. There was a thousand people there. So this was this was a high watermark event for us as well. I think a lot of it, too, just coming out of COVID. And, you know, people wanted to get back together again. You know, we are hardwired. God has hardwired us for community to be with one another. And so we had been lacking that for so long. And so I think we were all very excited to be a part of that together, and and then the the research piece. Now, this is interesting. This is uh, this is a um, this was an initiative years ago by a bunch of students who, at the time, were thinking, how do we get more student involvement, connection? And they thought about this VIE poster session, which is what you 
involved yourself with, right? That's that's the research piece. That's how you got to go to NatCon. And even that in itself was was a lot because the timing for my school and letting us know, we really didn't have the funding to get there. Mm. And when I tell you that the staff at CMDA bent over backwards mm. to make sure that we were there, there were several times that myself and classmate were like, you know, we're not going to be able to make it. It's just, mm. you know, and... Miss Pam, mm-hmm. um, she, yep. I mean, she was emailing us, emailing <laughs> us. She was like, we're going to find a way to get you here. And even that to me was a testament in itself. Like she was so concerned mm-hmm. about us getting there and it, it could make me cry too. Like I'm not that emotional person, but mm-hmm. just her heart mm-hmm. of like, we're going to get you there. And then, um, with Grant, I mean, he made sure that we had a place to stay. He was so concerned about us checking in and making mm-hmm. sure, I mean, just getting there. And I was like, well, if this is how they are just getting here. I can only imagine, you know, how it's going to be. And so we just didn't have the funding at the time and the school, because of the dates, we weren't able to get it approved and mm. it was a lot, but we got there and we were able to present our poster and we actually were placed first place in our division. Mm. And so um, that just was a little cherry on the top. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely big shout out to Pam Smythe, who, who really does. Uh, she's the front lines of the poster session, recording all the details. Uh, Grant, of course, as a regional director, uh, so many great staff who, who are trying to make sure that it is as uh, frictionless as possible to get from where you're at to, to get there in Econ. But also say there's a lot of generous uh, donors, people who are paying it forward, who were in the seat that you are right now, Erica, but now they're in their professional career and they are giving generously so that students can have an opportunity to go like you did. And so I just say that to say to those who are listening, if you want to go, there is every opportunity to get there. Uh, and God will find a way and there are resources. It's just a question of tapping into those and we can help point a student in the direction they need to go. Don't let finances be the reason that you don't want to go reach out, do mm-hmm. your part. And um, like I said, they, they bent over backwards and I definitely want to thank the generous uh, donors. I don't mm-hmm. know their name specifically, but mm-hmm. we wouldn't have been able to attend if it wasn't for them. Oh, that's great. Well, I know you don't have a crystal ball. I know you can't look into the future, but yeah. you do know CMDA, you know, the start, the, the the point of contact that, you know, a lot of people start with CMDA is during their med school or dental school years, but it does continue on through their training years, through residency, fellowship, uh, through their professional career. CMDA walks with a healthcare professional during their entire journey throughout healthcare. So as you look forward, how do you anticipate CMDA is going to, you know, this is your tribe now, This, these are your people. How, how do you see being a part of CMDA moving forward in the future, especially as you move past medical school, fellowship and beyond? Like I said, it's my tribe, so it's like my family. So I'm mm. not going anywhere, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> so for residency, I'm just gonna continue to be connected. Mm. And I, I'm hoping, and not I'm hoping, I'm gonna make it a point to uh, stay connected and reach out to medical students and even pre-med medical mm-hmm. students because there were some pre-medical students at the uh, NatCon as well. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to, at every step, not forget where I started as a med student. And even when I get up to the level of an attending, mm-hmm. I want to be able to reach back. I'm also hoping that um, in the future, I would be able to um, get into more of a leadership position mm-hmm. and so that I can kind of just share my story, how I got here, and in hopes that that would inspire others to remain connected to CMDA, regardless of what step in medicine they're in. Like, I I would be sad to know that after med school, you know, that's it. So it's a relief to know mm-hmm. that 
pretty much for the remainder of how long, however long I'll be on this earth, I, I can stay connected to CNBA. I mean, that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you're, you're part of the family and uh, just yes, uh, glad you were be able to share that moment with us in Cincinnati and, and, and yes. look forward to, we have not met in person. So perhaps the next national convention, I, I know Lord willing mm-hmm. uh, schedules are what they are, but love to uh, have a chance to meet you in person next time that Absolutely. you are at a convention together. Uh, any, any final thoughts, anything that is you, you know, talking to fellow um, medical dental students that you'd want to say mm-hmm. to them in terms of just how to, just continue to how how one might press into their their faith as they're in you know going yes. through medical school. Any anything that uh, you'd like to leave them with? Yes, absolutely. I want to say that we strive. We do a lot to get to medical school. When you get there, it's it's different from what you could imagine. You you only know how it is once you get there, and you need to have an anchor when you get to medical school. You must have an anchor because if you don't, there's going to be things like depression and anxiety that could take you Mm. down. And not to say that those things won't try to come, but when you have an anchor, you can go back and say, you know what, I know that God has put me here. I know that I'm going through this right now, but um, if I don't quit, if I continue, I will Mm. see the victory at the end. And um, just basic things like getting outdoors and getting sunlight. We know that the sun produces vitamin D Mm -hmm. and then vitamin D helps in making something called serotonin. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what helps to boost our mood. We know that drinking water, our brain is 70 to 80% of water. Like doing those basic things that um, sometimes we overlook are also important, but reading and praying, like reading the Bible and praying, um, even if it's just 10, 15 minutes a day or when you can or listening on your phone, you have to make time for those things because medical school is going to be... um, it's going to be challenging, but it's not a challenge that you can't overcome. Mm. And so remain connected to your classmates and to um, like CMDA. Mm-hmm. You have to be, um, you can't close yourself off to the mm-hmm. world, which is a mistake I made when I first got to medical school. I was like, yeah. nope, I'm. God gave me this. I'm going to focus. I'm not. And it was probably one of my worst decisions because that's when depression and anxiety come in. So you know, remain connected to your community, remain connected to your family, Mm -hmm. um, take care of yourself mentally and physically and reach out, just reach out and let people know that Mm -hmm. you need to talk or you need, you need uh, help with something and Mm -hmm. they'll be there. And so again, I, I can't, I'm like, I'm containing my excitement, but like, I am so grateful to God for CMDA. Like Mm -hmm. I, I didn't even know that there was something like this that existed, Mm -hmm for um, medical students, dental students, and physicians. And so it's just another confirmation that I'm on the right track and that God has me right where he wants me. Mm. Well, that's a great way to end it. A great exclamation point at the end. And and uh, thank you, Erica, for, uh, again, the ways that you are making yourself available to be used by the Lord, uh, being faithful to him, obedient to him where he calls. Thank you, Erica, for being yeah. a part of this podcast and for sharing your story. Thank you. Before we conclude our podcast, I'd like to share a couple of things that you need to know. First of all, mark your calendar. May 2nd to the 5th, 2024 is CMDA's National Convention in the beautiful mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. Simply go to cmdstudentlife.org slash NACCON to learn more about how to register and information on student scholarships because we want to make sure that there's nothing that's going to hinder you from joining us 
this coming national convention, May 2nd to the 5th in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Also, don't forget, if you want to find the Pulse podcast via our video version, you can go to our YouTube channel, and that is found CMDA Student Life at YouTube, and we have all of these audio podcasts in a video version right there for you. And to keep up with the latest information and resources, you just need to have the Student Life app. If you haven't done so, download it. You can get it on your smartphone. The app is for both the Android and the Apple, and that will keep you up to date with not only the most important information, but resources that will be right in your pocket. Devotions every Monday and Thursday come out on the app, as well as group Bible studies and the Student Pulse podcast is found on the app as well. So check that out if you haven't done so already. Download the app, set up a profile, and you'll stay connected with CMDA. And as always, you can follow and like us on all of our socials. We're on the Instagram, the Facebook, and X, formerly known as Twitter, finding us at our handle, CMDA Student Life. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of CMDA's Student Pulse Podcast, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye now. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. CMDA's Student Pulse Podcast is a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the organization. CMDA is non-partisan and does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on Student Pulse podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members.